for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. This is the 10 o'clock hour here at Rosie on the House. This is where we dive deep into one specific topic about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And if you've joined us since this morning, you've heard us mention multiple times just how fun it is when the fall finally hits after a long, hot summer here in the Arizona heat. And just 100 degrees at the end of summer feels a whole lot nicer than 100 degrees (laughs) at the beginning of the summer Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh this is almost cool (laughs) the the plant life uh is better the outdoor and conditions are better and that's why we're spending the whole month of september focusing on your outdoor landscape and actually uh, it's a perfect planting season for arizona there's Mm -hmm. a lot of crops that'll make it through the winter but the one day we're talking about the landscape and not planting a living thing is today because we're going to talk about <laughs> the, uh, incorporating artificial turf into your landscape for a beautiful year-round green that you never have to mow, you never have to fertilize. Occasionally, you have to water, uh, and we'll get through all those details, but it provides a great complement to the Desert Southwest landscape. Mark yeah. Gabbard and Jenny Gabbard of Easy Turf Sunburst Landscaping, thank you for coming down here saturday morning and i the only way we got y'all in this early is because college football doesn't start for another hour (laughs) well that's the only reason we agreed to it yeah that's right that's right another great benefit of fall yeah i do i do want to point out uh you know if there's any indication of where you guys are from in the country you just referred to our plant lives as crops (laughs) (laughs) that's right uh jenny uh does auburn have a football team this year we do. You know, I was thinking about when we were trying to figure out what day we were going to come chat with you guys. If I had thought it through and looked at the calendar, Auburn plays LSU next Saturday. And I'm like, yeah. how much fun would it have been to have come Ooh. in and trash talk right before the game? Oh, yeah. But, but yes, we will find out next Saturday what, what the true grid of the Auburn Tigers and, is. And, and our question is, is LSU still offer degree programs? Uh-huh. Yes, they do. Oh, okay. Yes, they do. <laughs> and we're playing the mighty southeastern Louisiana Lions today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it's interesting that we talk about uh, we're, we're bringing football in, but how many of these games are played on the Easy Turf brand now? A lot, a lot of games. Uh, whether it's professional football, twenty-two plus NFL stadiums. Um, one of our partners that does a lot of the NFL stuff, uh, Donnie Jones, um, just did the Atlanta Falcons new stadium. That's one of their most recent. Then obviously you got the Seattle Seahawks stadium. A lot of outdoor practice facilities in Green Bay, all across country, but. Division One football, I think it's up to 100 plus now. NCAA Division One uh, programs play on a, on our turf, um, easy turf, field turf. So, a lot. which is you don't have to have the NFL budget to have this in your home. <laughs> no, no, and that's uh, that's what we emphasize to people. It's just become so relevant. The reason it's become so big in the athletic world is because they've now been able to create turf to where it looks, feels, and behaves as close to real grass as you can get without having that increased budget of all the water, the maintenance, and the mowing, and all those different things, which now translates down to the uh, the landscape level, to where it's the same thing. It's now been created to where 
It looks real, feels real, uh, behaves real, um, depending upon which product you choose, because there's a lot of bad ones out there, just like anything else. Uh, it can last up to 20 plus years um, with efficient warranties. And now it's again something to where we go on vacation, we come home. We were just talking about last week. We went to a wedding. We come home, and my yard looked exactly like it did when I left. I'm I'm mowing, you know, yep. leaving town. I'm mowing before. Then yep. The first thing I do when I get back is mow the yard again. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So definitely some uh, some heavy benefits. And starting off, we, if you get our weekly newsletter, it goes out on Thursday, and it's always a preview of what's coming up. And we have our article. This one in particular, eight things to know about artificial turf. And so we get a lot of feedback before we even hit Saturday's broadcast from our newsletter subscribers about content. And uh, you had mentioned it a minute ago, and we'll go ahead and hit it right now, but that not all, that there's a lot of bad ones out there. And a lot. A, a lot of people have a leftover frame of reference when combining sports and artificial turf you know the sweat sitting on top of mm-hmm. plastic grass now and blood from you know, mm-hmm. you know just the nature of the game sometimes and throw up and the sanitation yeah they're you said not all are created equal and yeah. like like anything else yep the first uh line of easy turf that came out how many years ago oh, 30 40 some odd years ago. Wow. Not yeah. exactly the same as what you're cranking out today. Yeah, well, yeah. it originally was the whole AstroTurf thing, so it played. So most people are still calling us asking, do you guys, oh, we, yeah. we want AstroTurf, yeah. we want AstroTurf. Yeah. Well, AstroTurf isn't really even around anymore. It's progressed <laughs> yeah. so far along. So. Yeah, FieldTurf, actually, because of their innovations that they created, they put uh, AstroTurf out of business and to where they become the number one manufacturer worldwide. But to your point, you're right, and you got to take it a step further because of our climate. And so... Things change dramatically when you're dealing with 110 plus degree temperatures or 100 plus degree temperatures consistently over the course of four or five months. Because what I tell people, if you think about it logically, all turf is real pretty plastic. That's all it is. So if you take a plastic red cup that you bought at the 99 cent store, put it outside in the dead heat of summer, it turns pink, fades, and cracks within two, three days, falls apart. You take that same red cup, maybe you go to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy it. It's a little bit more expensive of a red cup. It's still going to fade, still going to crack, still going to fall apart, but it might take a month for it to happen, and so on and so forth. And the point being is the type of plastic that you make it out of is the reason it's less expensive or more expensive. So when you look at our climate, things change because you can take some of the um, the turfs in the industry that are just not good, and I'll go out on a limb and say majority of turfs in the market aren't very good. So it's not even like, oh, yeah, there's a few that aren't very good to your homework. No, I'm going to say – 70 75 percent of the of the turfs in the market are not good for our climate so again specify that climate because again you're dealing with plastic if you take plastic colorado milder climate seattle not that big of a deal they're still going to last and and behave okay but when you mix in the dry desert heat landscape that we have here texas new mexico the middle east where we've got a lot of installations athletically and and um, and landscape wise you have to take those factors into account. Now, the type of plastic that's now being made out of will dictate what it's going to do in our Arizona heat because, again, fading, cracking, falling apart. It's plastic. So if you want cheap, go ahead and invest in cheap and just keep reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting every four or five years as it keeps falling apart, falling apart. The company that installed it is no longer around. And so now instead of saving money on water, maintenance, and all those different things, you're now just keep reinvesting or 
you're so upset with artificial turf after one experience <laughs> that you never do it again. And that's what we run across most commonly is people need to understand that Phoenix has become the number three market in the country for artificial turf with Vegas, Southern California, with water shortages. And now Texas is right there along with us to where we become a flooded market. You go to the home shows now, you'll <laughs> see 40 to 50 booths with artificial turf in it. People are going, oh, my gosh. I've talked to 15 companies yeah, really. today, Mark. Everybody's yeah. got the best. Everybody's got this. So I just tell people, think logically. If you can install it for cheap, it's because you can make it for cheap. And there's ways that you're saving money, which if you want to do that in Seattle, so be it. But when you live in Arizona, you can't go cheap because if it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason, which means it's made out of a cheaper plastic resource. And when you start getting into the Arizona sun, that stuff's going to fall apart. It's not going to last. It's going to fade. It's going to crack. And look at the warranties and all those different things, and that will help you determine the route you need to go. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a product that has certainly taken me by surprise. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if 10 years ago... You would have told me that my certified landscapers would be installing more artificial turf than real turf. I would have had a hard time believing you. But yeah. it, it's overtaken the yeah. real turf in, in many, many applications. Well, you yeah. look at, too, a lot of municipalities, City of Phoenix, City of Peoria, they're offering incentives on your water bill if you go to a landscape installation that doesn't require water service. Artificial turf? qualifies for that so if you look at the city that you live in's website you swap out your your yard to xeriscape or artificial turf that's going to save you money not only on your water bill they're going to offer you a rebate for it so i mean there's all these different things people are trying to get you to do to incentivize turf too and, and your and point those incentivized is what brings out a lot of the vultures and to your point rosie when i first met you in 2011 and really investigated this uh, this network and realize, man, this is a, a solid network that we need to become a part of. When we first talked, I don't know if you remember, you told me flat out because you're a very honest um, and respectful person. You said, you know, I'm just really not interested in artificial. It's something I don't believe in. And we had that conversation. I said, I respect that. If you ever change your mind, let me know. And then, I'm getting close, Mark. Yeah, really close. yeah, yeah. But the fact that you let us into the network, and I don't know if you remember our story, but two weeks later, we were at a Tucson home show. And you were doing the show from Tucson. My son and I were driving uh -huh. down to Tucson and said, you know what? I've never heard the show. I'm going to listen to it. So my son and I listened to the show all the way down to Tucson to go to the home show. And lo and behold, our booths were next to each other, lined up. And so when you were done with the show, you came down and we chatted, hey, how are you doing? And then you heard our spiel about Easy Turf over and over again with our patented drainage system, our 15-year warranties and all that stuff. And after, before you left, you said, you know what? I go... You said, this is interesting. This is very different than what I've heard. Yeah. I'm going to do some homework on it. And then yeah. over the course of a year with investigations and gonna, stuff like gonna, that, we're, we're going we're to we're talk about how innovative it is and what it is. Uh, we're going to need to take a little break here, but those red Solo cups, Ginny, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's an Auburn champagne glass, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, because we have a lot of reason to celebrate. With the desert sun blazing year-round, your home needs to have fortress-level protection against intense sun rays and oppressive heat. Hey, y'all, Rosie here. Fortunately, Pella Impervia fiberglass windows and doors are built to withstand the southwest climate and stay looking great for years. And it gets better. These energy-efficient Pella products can help keep your home more comfortable. So when you leave the sauna outside, you're greeted with a rejuvenating burst of cool air inside. 
The team from your local Pella window and doors of Scottsdale or Tucson can finish your installation project in as little as a day. You're just a short call away from a cooler, better looking, more energy efficient home. Visit the showroom in Scottsdale or call 877-987-3552 to lock in your Pella savings now. That's 877-987-3552. Call Pella now. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. If you're contemplating putting in a lawn yard or updating or changing, modifying, remodeling your landscape hardscape, we've got the experts in studio here this morning from Sunburst Landscaping. The number to call and talk to us is one 767 4348 We've got Mark and Jenny in here. And we brought you all in particularly to continue the conversation on the AstroTurf. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, if as a homeowner, if I were going to start calling and asking, that's exactly what I would say. Yeah. I'd say, do y'all do, y'all do AstroTurf? Mm-hmm. That's just like Kleenex. Yeah. Yep. Same exactly. Is. Mm-hmm. But y'all's product is EasyTurf. Yes, sir. And it's manufactured where? Calhoun, Georgia. Calhoun, Georgia. Calhoun, Georgia. And what was the... What was the source of the innovations? I mean, why, how, how do the creators decide, okay, I'm going to make a better artificial turf? No, great question. Um, and it's kind of interesting, too, because, again, regionally, we'll dictate different advancements in technology, what have you. But the number one thing that propelled us to the top of the market was a drainage system we invented called MaxFlow. If you look at any turf, if you had 50 companies come to your house including us, 49 companies are going to show up. If you flip over their turf, it's going to have holes that are burnt or punched in the back of it about every six inches apart, which means the fastest hole punch drainage system in the market drains at less than 60 inches per an hour, which means it drains slower than real grass. So the times that we do get those heavy monsoons, I have a great video on my phone of the last monsoon this midsummer where it was just a downpour and I had water piling up everywhere in my yard except in my turf. Because the hole punch drainage systems, the typical ones, drain very slowly. The other issue that you have is when it comes to pet urine. If you can't teach a dog to pee over a hole it can't see, <laughs> then it has nowhere to go. So it just sits in those gaps, gets baked into the turf, and that's where turf has gotten such a bad rap in the pet industry. Well, we invented max flow drainage for the National Football League. Seattle Seahawks in particular outdoor stadium, high precipitation, New England Patriots was another one, high precipitation areas, they were having situations where when they would get precipitation, the water would puddle and pool and become a dangerous or unrealistic plane surface. So we were basically told, figure it out, or we're going back to real grass. And so some of our engineers got together and they created max flow drainage, where it's the only 100% permeable drainage system in the market that's non-absorbent. And also has a three-layer built-in weed barrier system, so you're not adding a bunch of extra layers to slow down drainage, trap urine, or what have you. But that was invented for the National Football League. To your point, how do you come up with this stuff? So we really boast of our affiliation as the top uh, manufacturer of artificial turf worldwide, and we're hands down, not even close, the number one athletic turf on the globe. Well, the reason we boast of that is because a lot of our innovations and research start there and then trickle down to the residential landscape level. So when it comes to that drainage system, 100% 100% permeable. It's not a whole punch system anymore. It's a rentable system to where it's now the most pet-friendly uh, product in the market. We're backed by Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. 
Um, we're the only turf around that has any backing from that pet industry. So he's had our turf for six, seven years. And so that drainage system is one of those. And then when you start looking at the look of it, the feel of it, and all those different things, the cheaper the plastic that you go, the more abrasive it becomes. doesn't feel like real grass. It's like a Brilla pad. A lot of reports of people going with a, with a cheaper turf and their dogs hated it because it doesn't feel like real grass and they won't touch it. So things like that. So if you look at our success at the athletic level, one of the reasons athletes love playing on artificial if they have to with field turf is because when they fall on our turf, they don't lose half their skin with it. Mm. Like back when I played in the NAU Dome at one point in high school and when I was playing college baseball, you'd dive for a ball and you'd it's come like up. like a carpet burn. Like carpet burns yeah. because it was so abrasive. So all of those adaptations that begin at that high-end athletic level, and you got to understand – billion dollar industry multi-billion dollar industry they're going to put all the research and innovation to have the best potential product that their athletes can play on because they have to protect those multi-million dollar investments okay so keep when, them happy and keep them injury free yeah because it feels like grass behaves like real grass you know looks like real grass because tv contracts there's got to be an appeal and all those different things so when those innovations happen at that level and they take a look at that, and they start to adapt it down residentially, that's where easy turf, field turf, has become so dominant in the market because of that ad the adaptation to go now into your home, and now you've got a one-year-old out there playing on the turf, and they're not getting carpet burns. Well, let's, let's bring Michael into the conversation. He's called from Mesa with a question for our guests here. If you'd like to talk artificial turf or anything having to do with your landscape or hardscape, give us a ring. The toll-free number right now is one 767 4348 Mike, good morning. Morning. Are you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. All right. So my wife and I bought a house in East Mesa, and we're thinking about putting some artificial turf in the backyard. And the back side of the house faces east, so when the sun rises up, the glare comes off of the windows, like all four of them, <laughs> right onto the wall and I can see it drag down towards the ground and I'm thinking that might be bad for the whatever I would have put down in there like artificial is there something I should put on the windows to negate that yeah absolutely and that's uh that's the number one thing that we emphasize um to people when we do installations when we go out to do the proposal is window reflection is the biggest nemesis to artificial turf interesting yeah because it, it's not really a heat factor it's more of the magnification of the uv rays so we've seen massive melting in 60 degree weather um, window screens takes care of the problem so just basic window screens window screens are cheap you apply those to the windows it takes care of the reflection you're good to go well, it also does a lot for you inside the house as well. Yeah, They're exactly. one of the most least expensive energy-conserving tools that you can use. So yeah. for all those reasons, Michael, sunscreen the windows, and now the reflection isn't going to be an issue on your turf. Yeah. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was that big a dilemma. Yeah, and real quick, real further, uh, research has not been proven that tint works yet. So okay. don't get lured into that one. All right. More when we get back right here at Rosie on the House. Well, I'm not overly, you know, it's, it's no secret I could never live in an HOA. <laughs> that, that that would just not be a good fit. Uh, 
sometime around 2003 or five ish, mid 2000s, the state board finally got together and restricted the HOA's uh, authority to ban any kind of solar on any home. I think that was a pretty smart move. Mm -hmm. uh, we have seen some issues with HOAs allowing artificial turf, uh, which is a, a, another one of those that I think is going to go by the wayside. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's very few HOAs out there now that disallow it, but they're still there. The problem they're having is here in the past couple of years, there's been homeowners uh, suing their HOAs and winning because of the artificial turf by not allowing it because some of your HOAs require you to have a certain percentage of grass out in front. Mm -hmm. But people are going, no, I'm not paying that water bill because these water rates keep going through the roof. I'm not paying that, but you require me to have 40%. Now you're telling me I can't have artificial. So there's been a lot of situations here in the past couple of years where litigation's taken place and HOAs are not winning. They're losing that battle. Okay, um, here's, here's, some, here's, some, here's some other information for you. A listener who knew we were covering this topic, this broadcast, has been fighting with his HOA for years to get it approved. At the meeting, the president mentioned artificial turf causes cancer. Yeah. That was a, a widespread um, news-covered article that got a lot of hype with not a lot of punch to it many, many years ago. What was happening was um, there used to be a rubber infill that would go into a lot of surfaces that were made out of recycled tire. And so they were saying that the rubber that the athletes were breathing, being exposed to it on a FIFA field or a football field, hours upon hours upon hours a day, was causing cancer. Well, they did all types of statistical research, and there was no correlation. It wasn't happening any higher with those athletes than it was with athletes on regular fields, but that's where the rumor got started, and once people started buying into it, it was never in a residential application because residential applications don't use rubber. They use other types of products that serve as their infill. So it's there's it's two it's apples and oranges. Okay. Yeah, and the way, and, the way I always address that, too, is I just try to get people to just think logically. Okay, if rubber, crumb rubber causes cancer, so does that mean the people that manufacture tires get cancer? Mm -hmm. So what about the people that make crumb rubber, not just the people that play on it? Or even if you just want to look at turf in general, if that's the, um, if that's the rumor, all right, it's plastic. So do people that make plastic cups, are they in risk of cancer? Like, just think about it logically. Now, with that being said, we understand the concern. It's a big deal. And that's a legitimate concern okay. when you start hearing stuff fly. So when that, that stuff came out, our CEO, Eric Dahlia, the CEO of Field Turf Worldwide, was at our conference and addressed it head on and had a stack of research bigger than you can possibly imagine from independent worldwide corporations that have done research on that specific instance. And every single one of them disproved that it has any, um, any issues whatsoever with the potential of causing cancer. Then they then funded with their own money to hire independent people um, to do more research because they always want to be at the forefront of research and innovation. And Eric Dahlia said specifically, if there's a potential health issue, I'm a human being. I want to know. Right. I don't want to produce something that could be potentially causing people heartaches and stuff along those lines. And he said, you know, and they funded more research. All that research came back within a year. Zero, zero potential whatsoever so we could we could possibly get in this homeowner's hands maybe some documentation he could mm -hmm. hand to the president of the homeowner association about that it isn't founded 
But what does he tell the chairman of the Landscape Committee who says, no, we're never going to allow it because it only lasts two years? So um, he's, he's got a whole HOA board yeah. against it right now that he's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and the, pro- the problem he's fighting is, again, people that will go buy cheap stuff. So instead of investing in something that's going to last, because it's cheap for a reason. Cheap is expensive. The reason it's cheap is because you're going to keep reinvesting because it's not going to last. Um, so with that being said, again, a lot of HOAs, when they're struggling to allow artificial turf, it's because of personal experiences. So they'll be in a situation where a homeowner invested in something really cheap, didn't do their homework, it fell apart in two years, which happens all the time because, again, plastic. Um, and then that's their perception of turf. And instead of getting out of, outside their own head and doing some more research and saying, okay, maybe there's some other things out there that are more legitimate, that's where a lot of that comes from. So like with our product at Easy Turf, we have a 15 to 20 plus year life expectancy in the state of Arizona with a dry desert heat landscape of the Middle East. We have installations that prove it, that have been in the ground for over 22, 23 years. Most importantly is we back it up with the only 15-year manufacturer warranty on the globe. So nobody else has a 15-year warranty at the manufacturer level like we do, and it's non-prorated. So if something happens, it all gets replaced at no cost. So the answer to that question when it comes to HOAs, Rosie, is I have done multiple presentations to HOAs for that specific reason where my homeowners are going, I want it. I'm going to get it. I don't care what they say. And I said, well, I can't install it until they approve it. So we set up lunch and learns. Yeah. And we'll go in. We'll meet with the HOA board. We'll provide lunch or dinner or whatever. And we'll do a full presentation and show them all the facts. I've done about eight of them now. And seven out of eight turned. And, and to be fair, if you are an HOA considering it, we highly recommend putting in guidelines. If you're going to allow your HOA community to put in artificial turf, require that it has a 15-year warranty, require that it has a certain, um, that it's made out of certain materials, that it is a certain grade of goodness. You don't want them to be able to put in anything. And we are actually having HOA communities contact us doing, how do we write our CCRs to make sure our homeowners are putting in a quality product? So mm-hmm. definitely recommend having standards. We, we'll, we'll have to put you in touch with this man because yeah. he, and the irony is his master development was completed in four phases. Phase one, two, and three allow it, and phase four doesn't. <laughs> so, so that's the problem is they've had people that have gone up with really cheap turfs, really cheap, and they had a bad experience with it, and they're saying, all right, phase four, we're not going to allow it. All right, we're going to put four. you in touch with this guy. And we have a couple other points we want to cover on it. Uh, my favorite we've yet to get to, but we do have callers. We're going to address their questions first, and then awesome. we'll get to the rest of our talking points, starting with Don. And Tempe, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight is the call in number. How can we help you? Good morning. My question on the artificial turf. I have a couple of friends that have it. Uh, just they have just accent parts and pieces in the front yard. And I've been to uh, several municipal places where they have the artificial turf. All of them are extremely, extremely hot during the summertime <laughs> of the day here in the in the desert. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is this any different? What, what's your what's your daytime temperature at the surface of this? No, that's a really good question. And again, it's dictated upon quality because different types of plastic will retain heat or radiate heat. So, for instance, about 90% of the market has nylon inside of it somewhere. Nylon's the original resource used by AstroTurf in the mid-60s when they first invented turf. Nylon retains heat and radiates heat. The reason so many people use nylon is for two reasons. One, it's a cheap resilient material 
that re that still reflects the look of real real grass. Now it's also being used as a recycled material. So now that all some of the artificial turfs are being taken out, they're recycling it and they're using it inside the turf somewhere. The smoke and mirrors that we've caught multiple companies um, tricking people is saying, no, we do not have nylon in our fibers. Well, technically they're not lying, but what they're not telling you is their thatch material down inside is recycled nylon. You can tell because it looks like Christmas tinsel. But the quality of the plastic you use will dictate the extremity of the heat and how hot it gets. So what we tell people, we're not going to patronize you and try to tell you that other products are going to be cool to the touch and you're going to sunbathe when it's 112 degrees outside and be perfectly comfortable. You're not. However, the cheaper the product you go, the hotter it's going to get. And it will get to scorching temperatures that will harm a small child if they walk out on it. Dogs will stay away from it because they won't touch it. Most importantly, it retains heat. So it stays hot just like concrete does even yeah. after the sun goes down. Yeah. So like with an easy turf product, we've been committed to be nylon free. We're made out of polypropylene and polyethylene only. Does not retain heat, does not radiate heat. It's still going to be warm and uncomfortable to the touch. But I have multiple videos on my iPad that I show customers of children out there in their bare feet in 109 degree weather. Of dogs going out, doing their business on it, coming back in. Because the reality is when it's scorching hot outside, we're not. But it's important that your dog can use it, come back inside. It's important that as the sun starts to settle in the afternoon, 5 o'clock or so, that your kids can get outside and get outside and do their thing and still be on it and not be harmed by it. Now, Mark, was- in, in my backyard, we have a sand volleyball court. And and I've put big rainbird sprinklers. Uh, middle of the summer, the ch- church youth group's coming over. We're going to have a sock, you know, a volleyball mm-hmm. match. I just water it down and wet yep. it down. It keeps the dust down and cools everything off. Yeah. Do we ever put sprinkler systems in the turf? Yep. The customer I'm working with, as we speak, out in Cave Creek, we've designed it to where we're installing an irrigation system around the perimeter. Now, when we do this, we tell people it's got to be an outside perimeter. So if there's ever a leak, it's easy to fix because <laughs> you don't want those heads in the middle of your turf because you'll never be able to detect a leak. Water bill will run. Then once you finally do, it's an expensive repair. So we definitely do that. And we have systems now where we can operate everything from our phone. So we have uh, irrigation controllers that we'll install. So the customer I'm working with now, we're putting in an irrigation controller to where he can turn it off with his phone turn it on with his phone so he's not out there turning a valve and manually operating stuff. So that's definitely something that does work, which is watering it down. Okay. Well, we've got callers lined up here. I've got to do that fire sprinkler system. Out there, I put my swim shorts on when I go do the the testing and run over there, turn on circuit four. All right, which one's all right? Come back, run on. Sometimes you got to fix it while it's running or it takes so much time to keep running back and forth. Yeah. Put on the swimsuit and work wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, let's get to Mitch who wants to talk about. Uh, I, th- I think Mitch must be a, a, a Boise State fan or something. <laughs> oh, I was just there last week. Colors, <laughs> colors. All right, go so, ahead, Mitch. Yes, sir. Uh, we we bought this house a uh, uh, rental. We remodeled it inside and out with Todd Whitaker drywall. One of your people just came out there giving us an estimate on uh, drain gutters and downspouts. Uh, I've seen water almost six inches deep in the backyard. We're going thinking about putting in a pool, but we need landscaping, front and rear. We're thinking about doing artificial turf, and we're wondering about uh, drainage. Uh, we're trying to get all the water out to the front because there's nowhere in the back for it to go. I was wondering if uh, they blue top the backyard when they do landscaping and put in this artificial turf. 
Yeah, it really depends upon the project. Each one's different. I was on a project uh, two and a half weeks ago where they had severe, 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 severe drainage issues in the backyard that required a drainage engineer. So that was one of the few instances where I said, okay, you need to hire a drainage engineer to come take a look at this because there's some issues that are above and beyond just your your normal landscaper. At Sunburst, we're fortunate because we got Don Gabbard, who's been doing this for 42 years, commercial projects, and he's a a drainage guru. So we've had multiple projects that we've gone on with bad drainage issues that we were able to fix with dry wells, um, French drains, and stuff along those lines. So you really want to make sure you find a very qualified, experienced landscaper to take a look at that because I've seen some of the most shadiest stuff that you've ever seen in your life that people come up with to try to to fix drainage and it just doesn't work and you end up paying the money for no reason. So um, at Sunburst, we're not afraid to go, you know what, this is a drainage engineer situation. You need to get on top of that and have a plan put together. All right, so I read the question wrong, which probably didn't make that statement about being a Boise fan any sense <laughs> at all. <laughs> the call screen is said blue top which is a grading term i took it like he wanted a blue field like the boise state football field he he wanted color do y'all do any kind of color incorporation or yeah you know if somebody was really smart and they were putting this in they would make sure that the eye of the lsu tiger was yes. right in the center of their, so they could ruin their whole yard. Yeah. i had i had a yard design. increased value like <laughs> yeah i had a yard design in goodyear about whew, six years ago diehard oklahoma sooner fan Military guy, good people. He had a pool built with the OU insignias inside the uh, <laughs> the waterfalls, and we had it designed where we were going to do the logo and everything. And his wife ixnated it <laughs> because those placards were interchangeable, but the turf wasn't interchangeable for resale. So, but yeah, we do color turf. Uh, like I said, our partner with field turf, uh, Donnie, he did uh, uh, Boise State, the blue field. He did Eastern Washington, the red field. We've done some residentials where we've used some blue turf as accent pieces for uh, um, for putting greens to simulate kind of like a water trap and stuff God. like that. Okay. All kinds of cool stuff. Cool. Well, I would have to say my favorite thing about artificial turf, when you have a regular lawn, especially a Bermuda, where you plant it, even if you don't water outside of that area, it has a way of going beyond its designated area. <laughs> it migrates. <laughs> or... Uh, it, it's always something with the irrigation. You, the more heads you have, the more opportunity for failure. And then all of a sudden you get a little brown patch here or different <laughs> patch there. You, you know, dogs can dogs change chew it up. the look of, yeah. of it and brown spots. Artificial turf, where you put it is where it stays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's, what's cool about it. again, like we talk about, We've gone on vacation for a week and a half or so, and we come back, and I'm not edging, I'm not mowing. It looked exactly like it did when I left, um, which is kind of cool, too, because you now can create some pretty cool looks. Because it doesn't migrate, you can create some more, I mean, it sounds uh, sounds ridiculous, but more natural with artificial turf looks because you don't have to put borders in. So you can do negative edges, borderless edges, or what have you to make it flow, integrate into riverbeds and granite and stuff and make it look some pretty cool different looks. Well, in the pictures in the blog that y'all provided, a couple examples. I, I love the third one where you've got it into a diamond pattern hardscape. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a, a, a porcelain. Is that porcelain pavers out there? Is yeah. it a big travertine? Travertine, yep. And the way you've got it integrated uh, and right up to the edge of the house, you would, yeah. you know, never install a new grass 
ir- irrigated grass system up yeah. to the edge of a home. Those old ones on irrigated lots, that's a completely different style system. Yeah. You know, new developments that they're going. And you, you never put water up against your foundation. Yeah. Yeah. But this lets you put that grass texture right up, you know, as close to the home as you want. Yeah. Uh, the last one, this little courtyard in the back. I mean, it. the amount of engineering it would have to take for the irrigation system to properly get yeah. a, a, a radius edge <laughs> yeah it's impossible to not do it because some kind of overspray or waste a lot of water we have a radius edge on on our front and yeah you know right now with the kids and we've got a regular grass lawn but i mean every morning three inches outside you can just see it soaking wet and it's just all yeah, it really does allow you to get extremely creative. And if you ever look at our website, um, sunburstlandscaping.com, we got all kinds of pictures of ways that you can just get extremely creative because you can do things with it you can't do with real grass and you still get the same look, the same feel, the same texture. Um, but the beauty of it is it's always green. So you don't get the brown spots and you don't have dogs chewing up uh, sprinkler heads and all the other issues that come along with it. Jenny, what's the phone number? 623. 623- Four one two 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 zero zero. And what's your service area? We're statewide, anywhere in Arizona. And the number one more time, slowly. Six two three, four one two, two two zero zero. That sunburst landscape. It's the easy turf, and one thing uh, I'd completely miss, but this first image it reminded me. There's so many times you can't get Bermuda under shade. Yeah. Under trees. Well, you don't have to worry about that with artificial <laughs> yeah. turf. So if you've got uh, even in, I've seen projects where y'all have done artificial in the shaded area, and it transitioned to a live Bermuda lawn yeah. out uh, out in the other areas. Well, again, like you said, we get a lot of customers. I can't get grass to grow here because I have this big shade tree. I don't want to cut down my shade tree, and that's where artificial turf is amazing because one, you can now get grass in that area, but also you have the shade from the tree. So, with a non-nylon product, it doesn't get hot. So if it's 125 degrees outside, you can lay in that shade 100% comfortable on that turf and be okay. Well, it's the Easy Turf product, Mm -hmm. artificial turf by Sunburst Landscaping. Y'all have been landscaping, like you'd mentioned, Don. Gosh, he's... 42nd year. 42nd year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, well, thanks for y'all's time this Saturday morning. And uh, let's see, what time does Auburn kick off? 4.30. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I got... I think LSU starts at four, so I got, <laughs> I got five hours to find my way home and get ready. <laughs> yes, sir. So, well, we appreciate y'all's time this Saturday morning. Next week, we continue our conversation as we will all month long in this ten o'clock hour about outdoor uh, living spaces, landscaping, planting, gardening, growing, uh, easy turfing, hardscaping. The list just goes on and on because it is the optimal time in Arizona to be planting outdoor hardscape. It gives you a full nine-month cycle before the extreme temperatures start to kick in so you have a better established landscape and better set to weather the Arizona extreme temperatures. Till next Saturday, if you have questions, it's rosyonthehouse.com. Email info at rosyonthehouse.com, and we answer them the same way we get them, first in, first out. <laughs>